Chapter Twenty of the World's Famous Orations, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Famous Orations, Volume One, by Various. Chapter Twenty. Demosthenes Two, on the state of the Chersonesus, Part Two. In the first place, therefore, we are to consider him as the enemy of our state, the implacable enemy of our free constitution. Nothing but the deepest sense of this can give you a true, vigorous, and active spirit. In the next place, be assured that everything he is now laboring, everything he is concerting, he is concerting against our city, and that wherever any man opposes him, he opposes an attempt against these walls. For none of you can be weak enough to imagine that Philip's desires are centered in those paltry villages of Thrace. For what name else can one give to Drongolus and Cabile and Mastira, and all those places he is now reducing to his obedience, that he endures the severity of toils and seasons, and braves the utmost dangers for these, and has no designs on the ports and the arsenals and the navies and the silver mines and all the other revenues of Athens, but that he will leave them for you to enjoy, while for some wretched hordes of grain in the cells of Thrace he takes up his winter quarters in the horrors of a dungeon. Impossible! No! These and all his expeditions are really intended to facilitate the conquest of Athens. Let us then approve ourselves men of wisdom, and fully persuaded of these truths, let us shake off our extravagant and dangerous supineness let us supply the necessary expenses let us call on our allies let us take all possible measures for keeping up a regular army so that as he has his force constantly prepared to injure and enslave the greeks yours too may be ever ready to protect and assist them if you depend on occasional detachments you cannot ever expect the least degree of success you must keep an army constantly on foot provide for its maintenance appoint public treasurers and by all possible means secure your military funds and while these officers account for all disbursements let your generals be bound to answer for the conduct of the war let these be your measures these your resolutions and you will compel philip to live in the real observance of an equitable peace and to confine himself to his own kingdom which is most for our interest or we shall fight him on equal terms if any man thinks that the measures i propose will require great expense and be attended with much toil and trouble he thinks justly yet let him consider what consequences must attend the state if these measures be neglected and it will appear that we shall really be gainers by engaging heartily in this cause suppose some god should be our surety for no mortal ought to be relied on in an affair of such moment that if we continue quiet and give up all our interests he will not at last turn his arms against us it would yet be shameful it would i call all the powers of heaven to witness be unworthy of you unworthy of the dignity of your country and the glory of your ancestors to abandon the rest of greece to slavery for the sake of private ease 
I, for my part, would die rather than propose so mean a conduct. However, if there be any other person who will recommend it, be it so. Neglect your defense, give up your interests. But if there be no such counsellor, if on the contrary we all foresee that the farther this man is suffered to extend his conquests, the more formidable and powerful enemy we must find in him, why this reluctance? Why do we delay? or when my countrymen will we perform our duty must some necessity compel us what one may call the necessity of freemen not only presses us now but has long since been felt that of slaves it is to be wished may never approach us and how do these differ to a free man the disgrace of past misconduct is the most urgent necessity to a slave stripes and bodily pains far be this from us it ought not to be mentioned i would now gladly lay before you the whole conduct of certain politicians but i spare them one thing only i shall observe the moment that philip is mentioned there is still one ready to start up and cry what a happiness to live in peace how grievous the maintenance of a great army certain persons have designs on our treasury thus they delay their resolutions and give him full liberty to act as he pleases hence you gain ease and indulgence for the present which i fear may at some time prove too dear a purchase and these men recommend themselves to your favour and are well paid for their service but in my opinion there is no need to persuade you to peace who sit down already thoroughly persuaded let it be recommended to him who is committing hostilities if he can be prevailed on you are ready to concur nor should we think those expenses grievous which our security requires but the consequences which must arise if such expenses be denied then as to plundering our treasury this must be prevented by entrusting it to proper guardians not by neglecting our affairs for my own part athenians i am filled with indignation when i find some persons expressing their impatience as if our treasures were exposed to plunderers and yet utterly unaffected at the progress of philip who is successively plundering every state of greece and this that he may at last fall with all his fury on you what then can be the reason athenians that notwithstanding all his manifest hostilities all his acts of violence all the places he has taken from us these men will not acknowledge that he has acted unjustly and that he is at war with us but accuse those of embroiling you in a war who call on you to oppose him and to check his progress i shall tell you that popular resentment which may arise from any disagreeable circumstances with which a war may be attended and it is necessary absolutely necessary that a war should be attended with many such disagreeable circumstances they would cast on your faithful counsellors that you may pass sentence on them instead of opposing philip and they turn accusers instead of meeting the punishment due to their present practices this is the meaning of their clamours that certain persons would involve you in a war hence have they raised all these cavils and debates i know full well that before any athenian had ever moved you to declare war against him philip had seized many of our dominions and has now sent assistance to the cardians if you are resolved to dissemble your sense of his hostilities he would be the weakest of mankind if he attempted to contradict you 
but suppose he marches directly against us what shall we say in that case he will still assure us that he is not at war such were his professions to the people of, of orium when his forces were in the heart of their country and to those of pharai until the moment that he attacked their walls and thus he at first amused the olynthians until he had marched his army into their territory and will you still insist even in such a case that they who call on us to defend our country are embroiling us in a war then slavery is inevitable there is no other medium between an obstinate refusal to take arms on your part and a determined resolution to attack us on the part of our enemy nor is the danger which threatens us the same with that of other people it is not the conquest of athens which philip aims at no it is our utter extirpation he knows full well that slavery is a state you would not or if you were inclined you could not submit to for sovereignty is become habitual to you nor is he ignorant that at any unfavourable juncture you have more power to obstruct his enterprises than the whole world besides let us then be assured that we are contending for the very being of our state let this inspire us with abhorrence of those who have sold themselves to this man and let them feel the severity of public justice for it is not possible to conquer our foreign enemy until we have punished those traitors who are serving him within our walls else while we strike on these as so many obstacles our enemies must necessarily prove superior to us and whence is it that he dares treat you with insolence i cannot give his present conduct any other name that he utters menaces against you while on others he confers acts of kindness to deceive them at least if for no other purpose thus by heaping favours on the thessalians he has reduced them to their present slavery it is not possible to recount the various artifices by which he abused the wretched olynthians from his first insidious gift of potidea but now he seduced the thebans to his party by making them masters of boeotia and easing them of a great and grievous war and thus by being gratified in some favourite point these people are either involved in calamities known to the whole world or wait with submission for the moment when such calamities are to fall on them i do not recount all that you yourselves have lost athenians but in the very conclusion of the peace how have you been deceived how have you been despoiled was not phocus was not thermopylae were not our thracian dominions doriscum cerium and even our ally Cersoblaptis, all wrested from us is he not at this time in possession of cardia and does he not avow it whence is it i say that he treats you in so singular a manner because ours is the only state where there is allowed full liberty to plead the cause of an enemy and the man who sells his country may harangue securely at the very time that you are despoiled of your dominions it was not safe to speak for philip at olynthus until the people of olynthus had been gained by the surrender of potidea in thessaly it was not safe to speak for philip until the thessalians had been gained by the expulsion of the tyrants and the recovery of their rank of amphictyons nor could it have been safely attempted at thebes before he had restored boeotia and extirpated the phocians but at athens although he hath robbed us of amphipolis and the territory of cardia though he awes us with his fortifications in euboea though he be now on his march to byzantium yet his partisans may speak for philip without any danger hence some of them from the meanest poverty have on a sudden risen to affluence some from obscurity and disgrace to eminence and honour 
while you on the contrary from glory have sunk into meanness from riches to poverty for the riches of a state i take to be its allies its credit its connections in all which you are poor and by your neglect of these by your utter insensibility to your wrongs he is become fortunate and great the terror of greeks and barbarians and you abandoned and despised splendid indeed in the abundance of your markets but as to any real provision for your security ridiculously deficient there are some orators i find who view your interests and their own in a quite different light they would persuade you to continue quiet whatever injuries are offered to you they themselves cannot be quiet though no one offers them the least injury when one of these men rises i am sure to hear what will you not propose your decree will you not venture no you are timid you want true spirit i own indeed i am not nor would i choose to be a bold an importune an audacious speaker and yet if i mistake not i have more real courage than they who manage your affairs with this rash hardiness for he who neglecting the public interests is engaged only in trials in confiscations in rewarding in accusing doth not act from any principle of courage but as he never speaks but to gain your favour never proposes measures that are attended with the least hazard in this he has a pledge of his security and therefore is he daring but he who for his country's good oftentimes opposes your inclinations who gives the most salutary though not always the most agreeable counsel who pursues those measures whose success depends more on fortune than on prudence and is yet willing to be accountable for the event this is the man of courage this is the true patriot not they who by flattering your passions have lost the most important interests of the state men whom i am so far from imitating or deeming citizens of worth that should this question be proposed to me what services have you done your country though i might recount the galleys i have fitted out and the public entertainments i have exhibited and the contributions i have paid and the captives i have ransomed and many like acts of benevolence i would yet pass them all by and only say that my public conduct hath ever been directly opposite to theirs i might like them have turned accuser have distributed rewards and punishments but this is a part i never assumed my inclinations were averse nor could wealth or honours prompt me to it no i confine myself to such counsels as have sunk my reputation but if pursued must raise the reputation of my country thus much i may be allowed to say without exposing myself to envy i should not have thought myself a good citizen had i proposed such measures as would have made me the first among my countrymen but reduced you to the last of states on the contrary the faithful minister should raise the glory of his country and on all occasions advise the most salutary not the easiest measures to these nature itself inclines those are not to be promoted but by the utmost efforts of a wise and faithful counsellor i have heard it objective that indeed i ever speak with reason yet still this is no more than words that the state requires something more effectual some vigorous actions on which i shall give my sentiments without the least reserve the sole business of a speaker is in my opinion to propose the course you are to pursue this were easy to be proved you know that when the great timotheus moved you to defend the eubians against the tyranny of thebes he addressed you thus what my countrymen 
when the thebans are actually in the island are you deliberating what is to be done what part to be taken will you not cover the seas with your navies why are you not at the piraeus why are you not embarked thus timotheus advised thus you acted and success ensued but had he spoken with the same spirit and had your indolence prevailed and his advice been rejected would the state have had the same success by no means and so in the present case vigour and execution is your part from your speakers you are only to expect wisdom and integrity i shall just give the summary of my opinion and then descend you should raise supplies you should keep up your present forces and reform whatever abuses may be found in them not break them entirely on the first complaint you should send ambassadors into all parts to reform to remonstrate to exert all their efforts in the service of the state but above all things let those corrupt ministers feel the severest punishment let them at all times and in all places be the objects of your abhorrence that wise and faithful counsellors may appear to have consulted their own interests as well as that of others if you will act thus if you will shake off this indolence perhaps even yet perhaps we may promise ourselves some good fortune but if you only just exert yourselves in acclamations and applauses and when anything is to be done sink again into your supineness i do not see how all the wisdom of the world can save the state from ruin when you deny your assistance End of chapter 20 on the state of the Chersonsis part 2